Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. And to get us started today, I want to start with this. Uh, how many of you, and if you're under 25, you may not know this, but how many of you remember this game from when you were a kid? Right? Okay. All right. Excellent. Now, uh, if you don't know because you're under 25, I'll fill you in. Okay? Uh, I had one of these when I was a kid. Awesome game. Basically, what Simon, this is the game Simon, and what it does is it actually lights up in a sequence of, uh, basically in a sequence of the, the lights and beeps and all that kind of stuff. And you then what you have to do is you have to repeat that to actually continue on in the game. Okay? So in case you don't know, I have a quick video clip. So this is what it looks like right here. Okay, you kind of get the idea, right? You guys get that, right? If you've seen that before, you kind of know what that's like. Uh, and uh, pretty, pretty incredible, that little girl, by the way. Like, I was like, man, I got lost even within the first couple, right? It's pretty, pretty impressive, all right? Um, and so I start with that this morning because uh, as I was beginning to work on the teaching for this weekend, uh, I immediately thought of the game Simon from when I was a kid because the whole premise of the game Simon is that if you remember, you win. Right? By remembering, you win. And I want to I wanna take that concept this morning with the idea of, of remembering to win to kind of introduce us to our topic for the day. Um, some of you may already be aware of this, but starting this coming week, actually starting on Wednesday, is, uh, is we're entering a season of the Christian, kind of the historical Christian calendar known as Lent. Okay, and if you don't know, Lent is actually a season, 40 days actually, uh, where followers of Jesus, uh, we open our hearts to God's refining grace because there's grace in Jesus, right? Uh, through like sacrificing and fasting. You've probably maybe in your past heard of people like giving up meat or giving up certain foods or like, hey, I'm giving this up for Lent, okay? If you've heard that before. And so through sacrifice and fasting, prayer and confession, and it's all in anticipation of what we call Holy Week, which is uh, Palm Sunday to Good Friday, then ultimately into Easter and celebrate the risen Savior. And it's modeled after Jesus's 40 days in the desert where he fasted. And it's actually, if you want Look it up. It's actually in the books of Matthew, Mark, and Luke uh, in the Gospels in the Bible. And essentially, this season is a season of remembering uh, that sacrifice that Jesus went through as well as the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus went through by denying ourselves something maybe or some things, okay? And what I want to suggest today is, is that uh, I want to suggest that like, that like the game Simon, Following this pattern, this pattern of the Christian calendar of Lent, uh, it, it will actually, if we can engage in it, it could lead us to a really good place. If you will, it could lead us to a win, kind of like the Simon game, by following the pattern. Um, I was thinking this week, like it could obviously, because it's a spiritual act and it's a spiritual discipline that we might be walking into the next 40 days, is obviously we would win spiritually. But, but I also think it could, it could be one of those seasons that it could change us maybe emotionally even. 
Uh, if you were around here uh, over the Advent season, one of the things I kept praying and saying over and over and over as we were meeting together is that it wouldn't just be another Christmas season, Advent season here and gone, but that it would be a season where God would change us. He would do something in us. And man, I tell you what, we, I felt like we feel, felt the spirit of God just come at week after week in, this, in that series and just do a mighty work in us. And I think folks, what my hope is, is that as we talk about Lent today, and all, hopefully that by the end of the service, we're gonna have an opportunity for you to press into that. If you press into that, that it wouldn't just be another, uh, Palm Sunday, Holy Week, Good Friday, Easter come and gone in a few weeks, but that it could be a life-changing season for you, a life-changing season for me, a life-changing season for our church. And so I was thinking maybe it could be a season this year where it could actually change our anxiety levels. It could change our relationships, our, our marriage. Maybe it could change our relationships with our kids, our coworkers. It could change our relationships. Maybe it would even, maybe there would be even a possibility that it could change us physically in the next 40 days. See, because it's, a, it, but by, by doing this Lenten thing, by following this pattern and, and ultimately working towards a win, it's actually because it, it, it can do that because it's a partnership with a holy God. And if you don't know this, this is an important thing about God that you gotta understand is that God is in the business, folks, of, of change and transformation. That's what he does. Isaiah 64, eight says, yet you, Lord, are our father. We are the clay, you are the potter. And then I underline this here, we are all the work of your hand. You see, he, if we let him, he is consistently molding us, shaping us back into the original masterpiece that he created. And there's not a single one of us that isn't a masterpiece of his. He doesn't make junk. And so when we go through patterns of Lent, at least I've experienced it in my life, when we go through patterns of seasons of sacrifice and reflection, when we do that, what it's doing is it's actually putting ourselves on the potter's wheel, if you will. And it's allowing God to mold us and shape us. And so as I began to kind of think more about that idea of a potter and a wheel and all that kind of stuff, a few weeks ago, Lee and I went for the very first time to our, try our hand at making pottery uh, with some great people from here from the church. And we had a lot of fun, but I will tell you this, I'm not very good at it. And so I have it with me today. There's a picture. This is, this is the bowl I made, all right? And it's pretty small because I couldn't get it to do anything else. And as you can see, it's a little lopsided and it doesn't have a flat bottom. So it kind of wiggles and all that kind of thing. So basically I'm not going to be winning any awards for my pottery, okay? <laughs> but I will tell you this, and, and it kind of came up to me this week as I was working on the teaching. I, I, um, I remembered that experience. And, and I will tell you, I got, a, I got a pretty significant appreciation as I was working with the clay. Um, because when I couldn't get it to do what I wanted it to do, and there were plenty of times where I, could, like, I smashed it at one point, I had to restart over and all that. And how, you know, you have to like center it on the wheel, which like takes like an hour, it feels like, you know, like that kind of thing, right? So there's all this thing, and I couldn't get to do what I wanted to do. I, it reminded me about how so many times how many, so many times God tries so hard to mold me and shape me into something and yet I resist. But the cool part about God is because he's the potter, he never gives up on me and he just keeps trying and trying and trying. And so when I was thinking about that as well and then this idea of Lent, I was like, you know, and, and like I said, it, it kind of puts ourselves on the potter's wheel. This is an intentional place for me not to be stubborn in this season. It's a place for me to say, yes, Lord, come what may. And so I think it's a season to be one to, to think about and to, 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 to let God shape us and mold us. I think we all need those kinds of seasons, not just Lent, but regular rhythms and patterns of sacrifice and reflection. And we're about ready to enter one. And so um, 
I start with all that because we're going to do a, the, the, a message today. The title is called Reflection, A Journey Through Refined Grace. And what we're going to do today is dig deep and explore as the season of Lent begins, again, starting on Wednesday, which is Ash Wednesday, going through Good Friday. As, as we open our hearts to God's refining grace in this season, I want to dig deep and explore two reasons from Scripture today uh, to really press in to engage in Lent. And my hope is today you'll kind of catch the purpose of it, and hopefully at the end of the service you'll want to engage. And hopefully it'll, um, as we did to the Advent season, it'll change your life. It'll change our life. And so let's take a look, uh, jump in and take a look at our text today. It's from Philippians chapter three, starting in verse seven. It says in verse seven, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. This is what we're going to be doing in the midst of Lent, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. I think there's some good stuff in there. So I want to pray. And then myself and uh, Betsy Schoenthal will give you a couple things. She's actually going to help me uh, co-teach today and give us point number two. But we'll give you a couple things to write down and think about. So let's pray and then we'll do that. So pray with me. So Father, we, um, we come to you in the midst of this service and uh, in the midst of this time as we look deeper into this text, ultimately to understand this season of Lent that we're going to be entering into in the next 40 days. God, that you would do something supernatural among us. God, that you would, you would grab our hearts in the midst of this today. God, and as we um, discuss it, that it would just, something would rise in us and, and we'd ultimately want to just lean into it. And God, as we lean into it, that you would do some molding and some shaping. And God, you would make us more uh, back into the original masterpiece that you've created us to be. God, we pray that you would bless the words that Betsy and I will speak today. And not, it won't be us, but it'll be your spirit in the space just talking to us. So we honor you with this time. And we give it to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we have two points today. Here's your first one. You can write this in. Pressing into Lent helps us to, one, engage the gift of goodness. Engage the gift of goodness. Anybody remember these good and plenty, uh, like, candies? Anybody remember? Raise your hand if you remember those. How many of you actually like them? All right, man, we'll pray for you after service. Um, man, they always tasted like rubber to me. Like, they, yeah, like Scotty's going, oh, you know, right? Those kind of things. And so uh, as I began the teaching this week and got to this point of like the, the, the gift of goodness, I thought about good and plenty because uh, folks, when we engage in Lent, uh, it, we, we engage this incredible gift. It's an incredible gift of goodness that we've been given by Jesus. And, and I'll just be really straightforward with you. This morning, it's, it's pretty darn good and plentiful. And it's not even something that we deserve. It says back in the text, it says in verse nine, it says, and be, and be found in him, and I underline this, not having a righteousness of my own, that's important, that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. You see, we have been given, folks, you and me, as long as we've given our life over to Jesus Christ and let him be the, in the driver's seat of our life, he is our Lord. If we've given that to him, we have actually been given the gift of goodness, righteousness, not one we've earned, not one we are just, we are, but ultimately because of a direct transfer from Jesus to us. It's incredible. 
And, and when we engage in, in Lent and in, in the season of reflection and sacrifice, like the scripture says, is in somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. When we plug into that, it can do something inside of us. It can change us. I thought about it like this this week. It's like when, um, when like somebody uh, has like a near-death experience, right? They, they have this near-death experience and, and at some point, right, maybe somebody shoves them out of the way of something coming their way or moves something from bunking them in the head or, or maybe they even stand in the way in the path of what's gonna come. And then afterwards, there's this like, after like all the dust settles, right, there's this realization like, whoa, something, I just avoided something, something big. And because they realize that there's this like new appreciation for life. And then oftentimes the person that was rescued or saved or, or had this kind of this gift given to them of not having like something hit them in the head or whatever. Like there's this newfound like uh, appreciation for life and the person can be found kind of willing to do whatever it would take to, to satisfy the person who stepped in for them, right? They'll do anything for that person. Because they did something, that person did something for them that they couldn't do on their own, Right? I always think of my, uh, my older brother, Ryan, as someone who did that for me. There'll be a picture of Ryan that'll come up. Ryan's on the right-hand side. Uh, obviously, my twin brother and I are in the middle there. We're, we're definitely brothers. We all have the same haircut, all right? And um, so Ryan, uh, I think, think of Ryan when it comes to this concept because uh, some of you know this about me, but I was uh, uh, in my freshman year of high school, I was in two car accidents within five minutes of each other. Um, that's the reason I got all the scars on my face and the back of my head. And I can tell you that story sometime if you'd like. It's actually part of my testimony why I'm a follower of Jesus today. But I want to focus on Ryan this morning because see, uh, what you may not know in that story, even if you know that story, is that Ryan is the reason that help came to us that night. After the second accident, he ran up to the house that we were uh, crashed in front of and uh, said, hey, I need to use your phone. I need to call 911. And they said, we're on US 6. And they're like, we're Amish. We don't have a phone. And he was like, you gotta be kidding me, right? So he's like, okay. So then he, then he runs out to the road and he's trying to, trying to flag down cars, gets almost hit by two cars, almost a semi hits him at some point as well. Luckily, an off-duty EMT came by the scene and ended up getting us help and all those kind of things. And see, uh, Ryan put himself in harm's way to get help. Ryan put himself in that space and his leadership in the midst of chaos was crucial that night. We wouldn't have gotten, we, maybe at some point somebody would have come, but man, like I was bleeding on all those kind of things. I had two head injuries. I was on the ground. See, Ryan did something for me that I couldn't do myself. I couldn't go get help. You see, when, when, when we realize, when, when it, it does something in us, folks, when, we, when we're given something that we didn't deserve, that, that we didn't earn, and ultimately that is not even of our own effort or resources, and when we plug into the reality of that, see, because what happened with Ryan and I, that connected us together like nothing else in our life. And so when we engage in seasons like that in Lent, where, where ultimately Jesus did like amazing things that like God sent his one and only son to die for you and for me, I wouldn't give up my son for probably any of you. I love y'all, but I'm not gonna do that. See, God went to the extreme in this. And when we engage that in the season of Lent, then we actively, what we're doing is we're actively just sitting in the gift of righteousness and goodness that we've been given through Jesus. And I'm just gonna be really frank with you this morning. Folks, on our own, we're not that great. It says in Romans uh, chapter three, verse 10, it says, there is no one righteous, not even one. 
There was no one righteous, not even one. So not your five-year-old nephew, Jake, not your 90-year-old grandma, Lois, who crochets all the amazing Afghans for the entire family, not even her. There's not even one righteous. We're not that good on our own. See, but, but again, there's good news, right? It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says, God made him, that is Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us so that, and I underline this, so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. See, there's a way for us to engage this good stuff, this righteousness, this good gift stuff. Through, folks, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the savior of the world. It was, and, it's, and it is the plan. And what I want to suggest today is that our text, I think, is giving us a reason to press into this season of sacrifice in Lent so that um, uh, where we intentionally kind of give up or fast from things like food or social media or, or, uh, or you know, different things so that ultimately we can read our Bible more and we can pray more and we can seek God more. Um, and when we do those things and we engage in the sacrifice, what it will do is it will help us realize, it will help us appreciate, it will help us tap into more into this righteous stuff, this really good stuff. It says in verse eight of our text, it says, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have, look at this, lost all things. That's sacrifice. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. See, to me, that suggests a season of sacrifice like Lent and, and that they are important and it's, and it's good for, in the end, it says, we will gain more of Christ. We'll gain more of Christ. We'll gain more of his righteousness, more of his good stuff. And I don't know about you, but I want more of that good stuff. I want more of that righteousness in my life. I want that in your life as well. And so I want you to write this in on your hand up. A level of denial today turns into greater virtue tomorrow. A level of denial today turns into greater virtue Tomorrow, that if, we, if we go into these regular patterns of, of sacrifice and reflection for the, for the sake of kingdom work in us, folks, what happens is the temporary denial today ends up bringing this amazing righteousness, stuff that we don't even deserve. And yet we get to actually grasp onto one of the things that I do in my prayer time in the mornings is that one of the covenant names of God is that he's Jehovah Sitkanu. He's God, our righteousness. And the fact that I can actually stand before a holy God and say, yes, only because of Jesus working in me, that is an amazing amazing gift. And so I pray in the midst of that. I say, yes, Lord, thank you. Because for me, and, and I'm a pretty nice guy, but the reality is even in my, all, all the good stuff that I may do, I'm still not good enough without Jesus. And when I deny those things and then, and then it rises even more of all of that stuff in me, man, I want to run after that stuff. I think it's something worth considering. I know that I've spent seasons of my life in a Lenten uh, rhythm and I've spent seasons without and I'm so excited to press into this Lenten rhythm this year because I'm excited for what, that might, what the virtue it might bring in me, what virtue it might bring in you. I think it's worth considering. So that's the first thing. Pressing into Lent helps us to, one, engage the gift of goodness. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, Betsy Schoenthaler is going to be helping me co-teach today. And so she'll be giving us point two. Betsy is our uh, assistant director of groups and newcomers here at the church. And so why don't you give it up for Betsy as she comes and shares with us this morning.
and you heard nothing I said. <laughs> My biggest fear is this is on during worship because I can't sing. Oh, so anyway, okay. So hi everybody, good morning. Uh, first of all, uh, take out your notes. Press into Lent helps us to number two, tap into incredible capacity. So I'm super pumped about this message. And what we're gonna talk about today God's incredible power of the resurrection. And what I want to share with you this morning is this incredible capacity and how big the power of the resurrection really, really is. So I'm going to start and I want you to watch a video. And with this illustration, this is a problem that we will never, ever have to face. Watch this. Why does the sky stay blue? Probably the same reason that the sun is shining too And all the birds are whistling tunes Singing out, shouting out, here's a song for you If everything's the same, then everything's the way that it should be If everything's the same, then everything's the way that it should be That box is a little too small for you. Yesterday was cold and gray. But now the night is over, we can go outside and play. And all the trees are dancing this way. Shaking and clapping and listen to them say, If everything's the same, then everything's the way that it should be. Okay, can you hear me? That was funny. Super cute, wasn't it? Okay, so you see... Unlike those animals who were trying to fit into something that could not hold them. Why? Because the capacity was just a little too small, wasn't it? But for us, God's power never runs out and it is never, ever too small. This is the enormous and the endless capacity of power that the resurrection holds for us, which is the reason to press into Lent. And this is what we want to talk about in this next point. Okay, you ready? So let's talk about this uh, point in Philippians. Philippians 3, 10 and 11. It says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death and somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. So we have to know Christ so that we may know this power of the resurrection. And I love what the apostle Paul said when he explained in this verse. He said that his desire was more than just knowing about the power of the resurrection, but he said, I want to experience this power of the resurrection. And this is, this is what he's talking about with salvation. I want to experience the power. It's also like Pastor Matt said last week. He said, if you want to hear God's voice, you have to know him first, right? Because if you don't know somebody, how are you going to know that that's their voice? It's familiar. All right. So the second part of this verse talks about becoming more like him in his death. So this again takes us back to the Lenten season. This is about pressing in and dying to our old selfish nature. It's about reflecting and it's about being really just proactive. As we, as we get to know him more and more, we have to deny him more and more. And you guys, this is like a daily thing, isn't it? Denying, denying our selfish natures every single day. In Luke 9.23, it says, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and do what? Take up his cross daily and follow me. So taking up our cross every day is becoming more like him. Amen? 
All right, so tapping into the incredible, the incredible capacity of becoming a new creation in Christ after we receive Christ as Savior. This is really, really huge. When Jesus died on the cross and rose again, you know what he did? He deposited the Holy Spirit in each and every one of us. And that's what makes us new. It's the Holy Spirit that makes us new. We're a new creation. So talk about tapping into like the greatest power source in all the world. Wow. So the more we tap into this power and ask God to keep filling us up, the more we realize that the great capacity that he's giving us, it is endless. It's endless. This power is endless. And I liked what Pastor Matt said earlier. He said, when in preparing for Jesus and the resurrection of the season of Lent, through our prayer and our reflection and our sacrifice and laying things down on the cross, he said, this is the place that all of the capacity of knowing him gets stronger and stronger every day. Because the more we get to know him, the stronger we feel in him. And the, and the more we become new. And I love this too, because knowing him not knowing not only what Jesus did, but who he is personally to us and who we are in him, that matters because then we feel changed. So, all right, are you guys ready for this? This is where it gets fun. Liven up. So how many of you are baseball fans? Okay, let's do this again. <laughs> that wasn't good for me. And first service, like, there weren't very many either. How many of you are baseball fans? Okay, yes. Woo! I need a little excitement. Okay, well, I happen to be a huge baseball fan. I'm going to ask you another question. Don't be offended. How many of you are Chicago Cubs baseball fans? Woo! Anna even has the shirt on. You go, girl. All right. And a side note, I did ask Pastor Matt if I was allowed to wear, like, the shirt and the hat and the and you know what he said? Uh, yeah, that's extra. <laughs> Rude. I've never heard that before. Okay, a little extra. What? Okay. So my sons all played baseball. I have three sons. And my middle son, Jordan, played all through college as a six-foot-five lefty pitcher. Pretty impressive. Right up here on the screen. Yeah. Isn't he cute? <laughs> I know. He looks just like me. But anyway, um, just kidding. All right. So I want you guys to remember that, and then we're going to come back to it, okay? So as we prepare for the season of Lent, and the reflection, and the thanksgiving, and the reverence for all that Jesus did for us, we, I want to relate this to our everyday lives, okay? And see how it all plays out. So if you think about the game of baseball, I want you to think about Jesus being up to bat. So if it says that we are like created in his image, who would you say like that Jesus would have been like, like a Derek Jeter maybe, maybe like a uh, Anthony Rizzo um, for the older generation, like the Babe Ruth, my personal favorite, Chris Bryant. I don't know. But we know that he was an all-star because he's Jesus. So we know he was good. So I want, I'm saying this, you guys, because it's so important to note, if you can mentally think of Jesus playing baseball, then you will know that even though Jesus died for us to receive this amazing power and to walk in it every day, he also wants you to know that he came down and he was a man. You know, he was a man. He, he experienced the things that we experience. And that helps me somehow to know that he was here and he gets what I, what I feel sometimes, you know. So when you think about going through tough times and you don't feel like you have the power to handle it, I want you to remember this. That, just like us, not every pitch thrown to Jesus 
was a good one. You see, he experienced many curveballs, many knuckleballs, change-up fastballs, and the worst one, many strikeouts. Because you see, when people rejected him, that had to hurt. He was the savior of the world, and he experienced strikeouts. But you see, Jesus was in the game, just like you and just like me. So this is the order of events. I want to take your mind there. Think of a baseball diamond. Are you with me? All right. So first base. First base is the birth of Jesus. Christmas. Go to first base. Okay. And from first base to second base was Jesus' life on earth as a man. That's when he walked out his life. So there was that time span. Second base was the crucifixion. And this is when Jesus died. And then from second base to third base, third base, that was the resurrection. And that's when he rose from the dead. So you're probably thinking right now, well, where's the home run? Like, shouldn't that have been the home run? This is where it gets really, really good. Are you ready? So as we tap into this incredible capacity and we try to understand how to live a crucified life and we try to learn how to say no to temptation and to put on like this new self that Jesus gave us, we have to remember that Jesus died for us and he is saying, I want to run that race with you. That is the resurrection power. You see, the first, see after the resurre resurrection power on third base, from third base to home plate is where Jesus handed that baton over to you and over to me. And he said, you know what? Just like his span from first to second, our span is from third to home. And the home run, the home run this is the incredible power that we have to run the race with Jesus living inside of us every single day. And we don't have to do it alone because he said, I have given you the Holy Spirit. And he said, you know what? It now lives in all of us. Okay, folks. So here, here is what we're talking about when we're saying we're going to press into Lent. You see, our life in this, our race in this life is the distance from third base to home plate. And every single day, no matter how hard it gets, he is still right there running beside us because he's right here. And I love this so much. And this helps me in difficult times. The verse that says for Isaiah 40, 29, it says he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. And I don't know about you, but that gives me just so much hope that when I feel powerless and I feel weak, he still says, I've deposited this power in you even when you feel that way. So even on our worst days and, and in our hardest times and when we feel powerless, we have to know that, you know what? That is not truth. We are not powerless. That is a lie from the enemy. Do you know why? Because he wants to discourage us and he wants to defeat us. It's an emotion. Jesus has depo deposited the power in us when we feel powerless. So we just have to tap into that power and that all that God did from us so that we can get from third base to our eternal home. And that, my friend, is the home run. That's the home run right there, okay? So that's good news. So as we reflect in this Lenten season, I just want you to remember that Jesus does give us power. And it's not just because I'm standing up here and saying that to you. It's because it's in the Bible. So I want you to hear these verses and really think about them when I say them. These are Jesus' word. They're in red. They're his. It says, when we feel powerless, I want you to be reminded how much power that we have through the help of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. 
When you feel defeated in your body and you're sick and you don't feel well, Matthew 10, 1 says, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and every sickness. It didn't just say one, it said every, every single one. When we feel intimidated by the power of this world and Lord knows it's a scary world out there, right? 1 Corinthians 2.5 says, so that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in where? In the power of God. There's that word again. When we feel hopeless, you know what he says? Romans 15.13, now the God of all hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust him so that you may overflow with hope by what? The power of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus also realizes that we have certain seasons that are better than other, others. How many of you have had better seasons than others? You get that? Yeah. <laughs> wow, lots of hands. Um, well, you know what Lent does? I love this about Lent. Lent prepares us for the season of Easter. And while, while what it's doing is making us better and stronger and wiser and more thankful, it is also helping us to become more patient. Because in those seasons that are a little bit harder than others, we need the patience to get through them. And he says, like Pastor Matt was talking about with his bowl, refining us, you know, just shaping us. He's the potter, we're the clay. We need to do whatever it is in that season. And we need to be faithful. And we need to be diligent. And we need to be obedient. And when somebody says, I'm going through something, and you say, I'm going to pray for him, are we really praying for, him, for them? Are we dying to ourselves and putting our cell phones down or putting things down? Are we, really, are we really doing that? We need to be obedient in those seasons, those less exciting seasons. And those seasons that we have not heard his direction yet, those can be so hard and so slow and so tiresome. Those seasons when we feel like our batting average is less than stellar. You know what, though? We still have the capacity to receive his power even when we feel powerless and even when we feel weak and even in those moments when we can't always hear his voice right away. You know why? Because it says that if we continue to seek him with our whole heart, there we will find him. Amen? All right, Lamentations 3.25 says, it says, the Lord is good to those who wait for, the per for him, the person who seeks him. All right. So this is a season that my son Jordan had in his life, okay? It was a season of waiting. So this is a personal story. This is like a mom story, so I have a tissue. So Jordan was praying about the direction of his baseball career after high school, okay? And just a brief little uh, story, Jordan had a dream to play college ball, big dream, and even a dream after that, if the Lord was willing for him to go on to play to the next level. He started at five, went up, played all through high school, Got a full ride to a college, and after two years, the college had to shut down, the, or the baseball program had to shut down. He had to make another decision. He prayed again, Lord, do I go on to the next level? And the Lord said, yeah, I don't want you to get out of this yet. So he went on to another school, got picked up by a school in Florida. And yes, those are palm trees. <laughs> I know, sorry. But it's going to be 50 today, so let's rejoice. <laughs> yes. All right. So, um, so anyway, he, was, he ended his, uh, his college season, and it was a huge success for Jordan. So then he came back, he's like, Mom, I don't know if I'm supposed to go to the next level, and he had people, you know, different people calling him, and so one day, one day he got, he got a really important call um, for a tryout for a semi-pro baseball team. It was out of state, and he went to the tryouts, and he told me that day, he goes, Mom, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do, what if I make it? 
I go, well, you're probably supposed to go to the next level. And he says, I don't, I don't know because I'm still waiting to hear the Lord. He, he waited and prayed his whole senior year to find out. But you know what? This is how cool God is. He is never too late and he is always on time. <clears throat> so he went to the tryout. And at the very last pitch of tryouts, he pitched the ball and <clears throat> the batter hit the ball. And you know what? This is funny. This is his mint, his lifelong mint, okay? And just a brief little funny thing, like he's six foot five. Can you imagine like how big his hand grew? And the mint never did, but he didn't want another one. Uh, <laughs> I was like, don't you want another one? And, but he's like, no, mom, this is my mint. And I'll tell you why in a minute. So the very last string of leather, I'm gonna put this on, I'm a righty, this feels real weird. So the very last string of leather, his very last pitch of his entire career, not knowing that, the pitch was thrown, the ball was hit by the batter, the batter like smacked it, and Jordan went like this to grab it, and the very, very last string of leather that was holding this lifelong mitt together broke, <laughs> and the ball went right through that thing. Yep. And the praying and the waiting and like Lent, you know, the getting in, the digging deep, the pressing into God, um, you know, fasting, giving some things up to find that answer. That answer came to him when that ball went through his mitt. I'd have been like, oh, you know what God said to him? He said very clearly, son, this season of your life is over. I mean, that's pretty hard. And all of a sudden, though, there was just this overwhelming peace. And he said, it is finished. That is what the resurrection power can do. If we wait upon the Lord and we realize who we are in him and we die to our own desires, in spite of what we may want, in spite of what we may want, it's God, what do you want for me? We just need to strive to be more like him every day. And by the way, good news, don't be all sad for Jordan. Like Jordan is loving this new season in his life and a little bleep, he is, uh, he is a leader for the small groups for uh, Vineyard or for Cornerstone Vineyard. So like all you young people, I want you to all sign up. They, there's amazing things going on in that group. So there's new, with this new season, there's new opportunities. Um, and that's what God does. He doesn't just leave us here. He takes us to new opportunities. The steadiness of earth's seasons is a reflection of its maker and the steadiness of his character. So again, in this Lenten season, this is a time of reflection and it is a time of things that we need to pray to let go of and ask God to stir our hearts for more of his power in the seasons that he has ahead of us. And as a mother, I am so, so, so proud of my son's accomplishments. But you know what? This is so amazing. Our Father in heaven is so proud of our accomplishments and every single one of them matter to him. Every single one of them. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. So I want you to fill in the blank, okay? I'm gonna clap because I, I was doing this all through my life my pre-prep talk, and Pastor Matt goes, what are you doing? I go, I'm excited, I'm in the game, let's go. So y'all can, you can clap, you can shout, you can do whatever you want. We are not spectators, we are in the game. Write that down. He didn't die for us to watch the game. You know what? You guys, we made the cut, we're on the team. He's our, he's the coach. He is the manager of our lives. You know why? Because he's the savior of the world. 
He lives in each and every one of us. And you know what? Because of that, we are now a new creation in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things are gone and all the new has come. So we can make the run to home plate, which is in heaven. And guess what? We score. We can get others in the game and score because that's a big deal. And guess what? We can all get the win. You see, when Jesus died on that cross for our sins, you know, so many people thought that he lost on that day. People rejected him. But you know, not only did he win the game of life, but in doing that, he gave us the opportunity through the power of the resurrection to win as well. Do you guys wanna be on the winning team? Yeah, let's go. All right, yeah, yeah, right? It's Jesus, he died, he rose, it's cool. Okay, so I wanna show you a video and what you're about to see, you guys, is it's gonna get me really excited. Um, it's just a teeny tiny look at what Jesus does and what he feels when we cross home plate and bringing others alongside us, total score. And this, this is what he looks at. He says, you guys get the win of life and it's a life lived fully tapped into knowing this incredible capacity and this incredible power of what life in him is all about. Watch this. Here's the 0-1. This is gonna be a tough play. Okay, <laughs> how cool was that? <laughs> I mean, even if you're not a Cubs fan, which by the way, Adam said, yeah, I was an Indians fan, that hurt. <laughs> I'm sorry, Adam, you get the point. Okay, so how cool was that, you guys? Don't you wanna be on the winning team? So part of being in the game is being in the season of Lent and opening up our hearts to reflect, of, to reflect on all that Jesus has done for us and how we can reverence him in our sacrificing and giving things up to honor him. How many of you guys can say, now that's a home run? Amen? So this is why we're pressing into the season of Lent. We are reflecting in this season, and it helps us to, number two, tap into this incredible capacity. And yes, there is power in the resurrection. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.